Good morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord, our King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Risen Christ, for whom no door is locked, no entrance barred, open the doors of our hearts, that we may seek the good of others and walk the joyful road of sacrifice and peace to the praise of God the Father. Amen. Our reading for this second Sunday in Easter is from Acts chapter 5, verses 17 through 32. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. And when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and Savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Have you ever noticed how nearly every year around Easter, the news magazines, internet blogs, they bring out alternative theories to explain, well, really to explain away, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. You know, the disciples were fooled by their overactive imaginations. Or the apostles hatch a plot to pull a fast one to get some gullible people to believe Jesus rose. Or if you care for the Muslim version, well, Jesus is just a prophet of Allah, but he was not the Son of God and did not die on the cross. I mean, God did a switcheroo. Someone else was crucified in his place, and Jesus was directly raised up without dying. 
Yet, what we heard in our first reading this morning is the apostolic witness from the very beginning. Even when faced with prison or death, they could not stop telling that God, what God, Yahweh, had done. Peter and the apostles answered the authorities from our reading, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Now some 60 years later, John alone remained of the 12 apostles. Nearly 100 years of age, he was exiled to the island of Patmos because of his testimony of Jesus. Here, God gave him the visions that begin in our second lesson today. Here's a portion. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna, to Pergamum and to Thyatira, and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like that roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp, two-edged sword, and this face was like the sun shining in full strength. That's Revelation chapter 1, verses 9 through 16. But why is it that the world often cannot accept the testimony of the resurrection, but must put forward other alternatives? Well, the truth is, people instinctively know that the resurrection of Jesus calls for repentance. If God went to such lengths that God himself would come into our flesh die in our place and bodily rise again, we must have desperately needed him to do it. Although they may not want to admit it, most people, when they hear it, recognize that if Jesus did rise from the dead, then we somehow have to come to terms with that. But if a person doesn't want to repent, or if we don't think we really need to repent, that we're, hey, we're okay on our own, then we will try to hold Jesus at arm's length. You know, why do people become atheists? Many question why a good God would allow children to suffer. God doesn't behave according to their expectations. They have concluded as a result that there is no Savior, or if there is, they don't need or want one. So they go on without God. Now, people generally do acknowledge that Jesus lived some 2,000 years ago, but they often want to find a way to set him aside or to fit him into some kind of box or to reduce him to a category we can understand and explain. But the Jesus of Scripture will not allow himself to be put into our boxes or be limited by us. He is the Almighty, the first and the last, ruling over all things. Just as Scripture tells of the real death of Jesus on our behalf, 
so that the apostolic witness is clear. Jesus bodily rose from the dead. That fact supersedes everything. In fact, when John saw him, he said, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Then, in a series of seven visions of increasing intensity, each one covering the whole time between Pentecost and the end, Revelation overwhelms us with the assurance of Christ's victory, that Jesus is alive ever forevermore, so that in him we will live also. Jesus is alive forevermore, so in him we will live also. Now John is on Patmos, exiled for his testimony of Jesus, but in these visions, God allows him to peek behind the curtain, so to speak to see and hear that the Lord Jesus in all his glory and to see that he has the keys of death and hell. How many times have you been bothered by the devil's temptations? Jesus has the key to lock him up where he belongs. The key is his word, the sharp two-edged sword of law and gospel. He is alive to give us what we need more than anything, to cleanse us from our sins by the washing of water with his word. He is alive now to make us a kingdom of priests to his God and Father so that forgiven and restored, we serve him with our sacrifices of praise. Every day becomes an offering of service to him. Every time we tell someone of his love for them, we are serving him as his royal priests. Now, how many times have you watched a funeral director Take out his removable crank, you know, to, to crank shut the lid of the casket. Well, Jesus has the key that will open every casket. It will be his voice. As with Lazarus, he will call you by name and say, Come out of there, and we shall rise, just as he said. Yes, we die a real death. Jesus also truly died. No one took his place. He was there for us. And just as he rose from the dead and is truly alive forevermore, so he will raise us and give us the life that never ends. One of the more potent demonstrations of the resurrection of Jesus is the continued existence for some 2,000 plus years of the Christian church. From the very beginning, enemies tried to put the apostles in prison. They exiled John to Patmos. Eventually, all the other apostles were martyred. All the way down to today, the enemies of Christ think they can silence the church by killing believers. But the word of God will not be silenced. For the one speaking the word is the same living Jesus who appeared to John. He is the Almighty himself, with a long white robe and a golden sash signifying authority, with eyes of fire and feet like burnished bronze with a face shining as the sun in full strength and a voice like the roar of many waters. When John saw him, he fell at his feet as though dead, but Jesus laid his hand on him and said, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. So also we, 
when faced with our own sin and death, must turn and repent from our sin, must own up to our need and put away all our excuses. We must recognize we are dying, that we cannot stand in his presence. So just as Jesus laid his hand on John to say, fear not, so also Jesus lays his word on us, fear not. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Fear not, your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. Fear not, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. And even as he speaks his word, so Jesus also cleanses us by his blood in the water of baptism and touches our lips with his body and blood of forgiveness and life everlasting in his holy supper. To glory be God and may fear be ever banished because he is alive forevermore. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Lord God, our Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, you have assured your children of eternal life and in baptism have made us one with him. Deliver us from the death of sin and raise us to new life in your love. In the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.